It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the American Outlaw Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, or you're going to be listening to military and intelligence experts on the various issues and topics that are affecting our nation's national security. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Singer, U.S. Army Retired, CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, founder of United Australian Appeal, and also the uh, host of New Paradigms with Sargis Singeri. The National Security Hour is where you will hear the voices of freedom, the out loud truth. American Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen to our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on these same apps. My guest today is Frank Zelenko, who is the brother of Dr. Zelenko. As uh, most of our viewers know, or I should say most of our listeners know, uh, Dr. Zelenko was key in the development of the Zelenko Protocol. And uh, I know that I myself had interviewed Dr. Zelenko in January of 2021 initially. uh, And unfortunately, uh, we lost that great man early uh, when he turned 48. Uh, but uh, he was very instrumental in saving a number of lives. And uh, we have his brother here, Frank, to talk a little bit about him as to the legacy that he leaves behind. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, Sarg, it's great to be here. Frank, let me ask you a question. Before I do want to talk about a little bit your brother, your relationship with him, and some of the uh, great things he did for our nation. Uh, I know that you still have family in Israel. I wanted to start off with just kind of asking, how's it been as far as the uh, Israel-Hamas war? How has that affected your family? And what are some of the issues and topics you're dealing with? Well, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of sleepless nights because my uh, my wife's uh, mother is there, her grandmother, uh several brothers and sisters, many cousins, and one of her brothers is serving uh, right now uh, in the conflict there. Mm. So, you know, we're up, you know, we're up every night just because, uh, just to keep in in touch with them, you know, to kind of just be with them in whatever way we can, on the phone, you know, however we can. Um, Her mother uh, has to, you know, Run pretty often has to go to bomb shelters like a couple times a day. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. It's a pretty rough experience over there for the, for the people. So, no, I know it's not easy. Just uh, the most recent numbers we had, and I was interviewed on NTD Good Morning, which is uh, part of the Epoch uh, um, News Channel series uh, from the video side of the house, and uh, They've had uh, 1,200 missile strikes. Uh, and a lot of them have fallen actually in Gaza, uh, but these are the missiles that Hamas has been launching against uh, Israel. And I know even before the um, a war started in Israel, um, I was working as a uh, uh, project manager, uh, which I still am, 
on a project that we're working with asymmetric operation group, uh, trying to work with uh, the border security guys here on the southern border because of all the issues that we're dealing with with PTSD. And we did link up with the Israeli group uh, that had been looking at a study on just specifically areas that were being hit at that time, they were a little bit more concentrated with missile strikes. And uh, um, it's amazing. I mean, you're talking about a small square foot footage area and you're receiving, I mean, absolutely number of hits 24 seven without any rest. And uh, um, it does lead to a lot of issues when it comes to PTSD that uh, Israelis have to deal with. And I know that uh, we were trying to incorporate some of that into the larger studies that we were trying to do here in the States with what's happening with our first responders on the southern border. But, you know, you talk about um, the latest of at least 425 families of IDF have been informed that their loved ones have passed in the conflict. Um, There's still 137 hostages that are still under Hamas uh, capture. Four were actually captured prior to the uh, October 7 attacks, and then 20 have been killed uh, by their captives uh, while they've been in custody. Um, So it's not easy, uh, but uh, uh, it is the reality of what what, uh, the Jewish people in Israel have been dealing with since October 7. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nightmare. There's nothing there's nothing more to say about it besides that. Um, cool. You know, I mean, you know, the, we we could have a you know the only thing that can really be discussed is how to you know what to do about it and are they, you know, are are they responding correctly? Is every you know is everything being done as it should? And of course not. But uh, I think that that conversation is like too, it's too robust, you know, uh, go on forever. That's no, what we it, do, basically, you know, like with with the family, you know, everybody's just trying to like figure out, you know, what's the best way, uh, what's the best way to handle it. And uh doesn't seem to be going that way, so. No, I know it's not easy. Look, um, you know, I know your brother, you know, and and the family. I know Dr. Zelenka was an observant uh, Orthodox Jew, um, you know, married, eight children. uh, uh, And when I look at what's happening here in the U.S., especially with the um, the uh, anti-Semitism that is being displayed now fully on the streets, um, I'm not sure how is it out in your neck of the woods and how are the family members dealing with it? I'm sure Dr. Zelenko wasn't expecting uh, something like this, you know, when uh, he tried to pass on a legacy uh, for all Americans here. Um, what do you think his perspective would be if he knew what is happening now in the United States when it comes to these issues? And how are you guys handling these problems and issues especially um, in consultation with uh, uh, his kids and your kids? Well, I mean, I, I think I have a pretty good idea of how he would react and what he would say to to some of the issues related. Uh, you know, for instance, there's the recently these uh, presidents of these universities that were, you know, called to, uh, <clears throat> to question over statements that they made about, about you know, in, uh, 
whether or not inciting genocide against the Jews is, you know, goes against school policy or it counts as uh, harassment or something like that. And they're like, depending on the context and so on and so forth. Uh, overall, I, th- uh, uh, I think he would say the following. Uh, first and foremost, free speech is number one. No matter what people say, no matter what they want to say, everybody needs to be allowed to say what they want to say uh, because it's a divine right. That's number one. Number two, that if, if that environment where people can can say what they want to say, it 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 helps to expose the vipers um, much quicker than you know beating around the bush or, or having them censored or stuff like that. So. So it, it it helps people to identify, you know, who they're, you know, who means them harm much faster. You know, if you don't, if you if you censor people who who are intending harm, and they, you know, and they want to announce it, then it's like putting a stumbling block in front of the blind. So people need to be allowed to say whatever they want to say. It it, it it's a, it's like a self correcting situation in a sense you know so that's i know that he would feel that way too and he also uh and the only real thing to do the only real thing to real way to prepare is to arm ourselves with guns physically with uh that's he was a big proponent of uh of armed self-defense and uh and i am too and uh and it really should be for for you know the case for every sensible american Really, everybody in the world, but you know, unfortunately, uh, the rest of the world hasn't exactly attained that, you know, reached that level of consciousness that we in America have, um, and uh, people need to take that seriously. And I've, by the way, I've, I've been to the southern border, I've seen it with my own eyes, what's going on over there, and uh, there is a serious danger of of what happened in Israel to happen here. Um, there are all sorts of bad actors uh, in our country who have been put in position to to cause all sorts of havoc. And uh, so people should be, I'm sure most of your listeners are aware of that. So, but, uh, no, they're aware of it, especially yeah. on, on, the, on this program uh, on the National Security Hour. And um, I would uh, say one of the one of the things maybe some Americans are not thinking about is, you know, that if you allow a terror organization like Hamas to be able to uh, sustain itself or even have any life left um, in it, um, countries like Iran that are basically the funders and supporters and the uh, guidance counselors for a uh, Hamas terror group, uh, whether people like to believe it or not, I say it, and I've said it before, these countries have this notion in their heads that United States is really a paper tiger in, in the region. And I would say most of the multi-experts would say we have been, regardless of the stance that uh, you know the current administration has taken in, in support of uh, what Israel is doing on the ground. Um, but as much as we have provided that type of a multi-support for Israel, we were also have kind of pushed back um, and trying to curtail some of their operations possibly uh, to be able to really go after and hit those infrastructure targets. I mean, you know, you've hit uh, from IDF 600 uh, specific infrastructure targets that are in Gaza. 
is is difficult because they're not, most of them are on the ground. Yeah, and that means you know you're hitting areas there. There's a large population of uh, civilians that uh, get injured in the process or killed. Uh, the issue becomes if you allow that type of a force structure uh, for the enemy like Hamas exist and survive uh, through whatever ceasefire you're trying to achieve, then the problem is not so much for Israel, because Israel is always going to have to deal with, with these uh, enemies has been dealing with it since 1948, as you know, since they declared independence. But the United States now, would be in a position where you can have a country like Iran and other terror networks go, okay, you know what? It's time to hit United States. And if that ever happens with what has come through those southern borders that you're seeing it yourself, and uh, I've I've talked to Michael uh, constantly, Michael Yon and yep. others have sustained it. You're talking about 9-11 being basically uh, a footnote and what could literally happen here. Uh, so, um, it's important that, uh, you pretty much clamp down and eradicate this network. Unfortunately, this network has a lot of, uh, tentacles and a lot of, uh, Western nations and those tentacles are strong. They're financially supported and, uh, it'd be, uh, it'd be a difficult task to make sure that uh, every remnants of Hamas is gone, but uh, it is a reality we get to deal with. Um, yeah, I do want to come back to your brother, though, Frank, uh, which is important because um, as we finish up this segment, um, I do want to talk about really some of the uh, major issues that he worked on. I know that uh, for our listeners who might not be aware, it was his Zelenko protocol against COVID-19 that really brought your brother to the forefront. And I know that uh, the Zelenko protocol, uh, and he was the innovator of it, has saved 99% of the high-risk COVID patients. And actually, I've used it myself. We've, uh, I've applied it to my mom um, here and uh, family members who are older uh, in age. Uh, he was nominated for the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, he was recognized as a hero at the U.S. Senate Homeland Security Committee hearings. He has published, uh, he has been published in top peer review journals with world-renowned physicians and provided uh, counsel to the White House personnel, uh, multiple governments, hospital physicians, public figures, and really has been only President Trump was a, the uh, one key leader out of everyone who really uh, directed everybody to take a look at uh, Dr. Zelenko's protocol, and also he's a uh, he uh, board certified family uh, uh, physician uh, for over twenty years, with over twenty years of experience be before he passed away. Uh, we we got a couple of minutes. I'm going to kind of take your thoughts on that, and then we'll follow up in the second segment, talk a little bit more about the protocol, but. Uh, where do you see your brother right now from your perspective now that you're looking at it from the outside of what he was able to achieve in that short period of time? Um, I, I look at him, you know, in a few words, I'd say I'd call him without exaggeration, uh, a, a, a medical prophet, a prophet of, of medicine in some way. It was, uh, it was, it was something that was divinely inspired. It, it stemmed from his, he was a vessel, I believe, to receive this information from God because he was so obsessed with 
with um, keeping his patients uh, alive. He he was a very unusual doctor. He's not he wasn't uh, you know uh, satisfied with even going back to his career with pain management. He wanted to solve the problems of his that the patients came to him permanently, and that's it wasn't a job to him. That was his life. That's what he wanted to do for people. And when this came around and there was no directives from the government or from the medical institutions, I'm referring to COVID, right? There's no directives. You know, they were telling people, take a Tylenol, go home, get really sick, then go to the hospital, right? So that wasn't something that he could tolerate. And I could see why God gave him, you know, made him stumble upon uh, the information. And my only value in speaking to you and to, and to everyone is that um, I was his assistant during COVID. And, and so I was dealing with his patients and I was getting their medication from the pharmacies. And that's not a big deal. But what is a big deal is that I saw his success because I spoke to the patients when they were sick and I spoke to them when they were all recovered. And you mentioned that they were all high risk COVID patients, right? And so I was a witness to his success. I don't know if anybody else has ever seen this level of success. It was, I mean, it looked miraculous. And so I know that it's my duty because I have a very unique perspective to to, to talk about this and to primarily to talk about his primary message, which he didn't really have a chance uh, to to deliver to, to the world because he passed. So I don't see anybody else doing it. So it was... There are people much more qualified too, but it, it seems like you know it's it's left to me to to tell people what he wanted them to know. So right. I think you're the right guy to have this discussion with, and uh, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back on the the uh, second part of our segment, we'll discuss a little bit more as to why. The pandemic may be over for some. But millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sorgas Singer, U.S. Army Retired. 
and I'm speaking today with uh, Frank Zolenko, Dr. Zolenko's uh, brother. And uh, it's important that we have this discussion because uh, uh, it was in March of 2020 where Frank uh, assisting Dr. Zolenko and Dr. Zolenko's team uh, was one of the first in the country to successfully treat thousands of COVID-19 patients in the pre-hospital setting. Uh, it was Dr. Zelenko who developed uh, the now famous Zelenko protocol, uh, which has uh, saved countless lives worldwide while he was fighting uh, a recurring and uh, metastatic uh, sarcoma, uh, had open heart surgery at the same time, and uh, aggressive chemotherapy. Uh, he was also uh, um, he was also preserved against the. Um, really medical complications that uh, I don't think anybody else would have worked through, uh, in all honesty. Uh, but, um, you know, he did uh, Yeoman's job, God's job, and uh, saved as many lives as possible. Uh, Frank, uh, as you were growing up with your brother, um, did you ever see what your brother became, this individual who really um, just took what God uh, gave him and um, tried to save as many lives as possible. Did you see that type of a character, what he became to be when he was younger? Not at all. Uh, you know, for, for most of, you know, as we were growing up, he's eight years older, uh, you know, but we, we grew up in the same, we had the same room and, you know, I knew we knew each other pretty well. I wouldn't say we, we got along, uh, but we definitely, uh, you know, we were close. It's just me and him in the family. And he, one thing I'll tell you is that uh, in his youth, you know, he was actually kind of uh, uh, anti-religious uh, in his youth. You know, he was used to tease me for, you know, for, for having faith and believing in God. And then it was in college, in, in the middle of college, where he started kind of, uh, you know, so, somehow having an awakening. But until that time... I always knew that he was going to be very successful in whatever he did because he was very ambitious. And, you know, he had like, as a kid, he had kind of like something to prove, that kind of thing. You know, he was, he, he achieved great things. He was obviously always very good in school and he had like a perfect memory, barely even needed to study. So everybody knew that he was going to, you know, that he was going to be successful. But I don't think anybody could have predicted the kind of man that he the, you know, that, that he turned out to be, you know, the completely moral, God-fearing, uh, you know, serving his community kind of person. No one could have seen that coming when he was, when he was, you know, in high school and early college. That's just something miraculous. Where did that, you know, and the ambition to be successful, where did that come from? Is, was that something just internal to him? Uh, was that something you could see when you guys played games or I don't know if he was ever involved in sports or was it something that uh, there was something that happened in life that kind of drove him there? Is that something that he picked up from his mom or dad or uncles or um, yeah. that, that internal drive? How, where do you, when did you kind of see the manifestations of that? Well, it was getting picked on because he was kind of a smaller kid. Uh, okay. and so, and also get made fun of for being like uh, Russian and Jewish, and, you know, we, we grew up in Brooklyn and I'm not saying this, you know, none of us had the victim mentality, but you know, when you're a little kid and you know, you get mad, you know, you want to get, you want to give, it was all, I guess it was like, uh, the whole process, you know, but, uh, if, when you, when you, when you take that 
that feeling and you mix it with, uh, with, uh, you know, he was very intelligent and with an excellent memory, you know, and, and he did well in school. So that was his revenge to be successful, you know? So, you know, the kids used to, you know, they called him like Pinko and stuff like that. My, my, my experience was a little bit different because I, I was already born in the United States and I was kind of a big kid and I never got picked on and I was more athletic. And although when he got into high school, he, he, he started beefing up a little bit. He caught up a little bit with everybody. He even played lacrosse. Um, you know, he, 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 he went to karate, you know, he could, st- he could certainly stand up for himself, uh, you know, in his, probably in his high school years. So well, until you know, then it was pretty rough for him. Uh, look, we're all blessed because uh, I spoke to the man and um, I have to tell you, I was very much impressed. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm way older than uh, your brother was when I interviewed him. And uh, he he seemed like he was a soul that has been, had been around for thousands of years. Um, it wasn't like I was talking to somebody, you know, that uh, uh, is just... In, in our century, it just seemed like there was something about him that said that there was a lot of tradition and history behind what he was doing. And, you know, God bless him. That, that could be maybe uh, really all tied to just his what he had internal as far as his perspective from a, a Jewish viewpoint. And it just um, ended up, you know, sometimes manifesting itself and uh, saved, uh, I, I would say, millions of people uh, across the planet. Uh, Frank, I do want to talk a little bit about his protocol. I, I don't. I, I know that some of our listeners would like to just kind of uh, get a little bit more of a grasp as far as what he discovered, and then uh, um, your perspective on basically if you can get a little bit technical on uh, um, how that protocol comes to fight COVID and other type of diseases. So, if you could give us a little bit of, of that information for our listeners. I can, I can tell you the way he explained it to me. So basically, uh, in terms of COVID, and then later, you know, uh, he felt this way towards uh, all the other viruses in the single-strand RNA category, or maybe even the RNA category in general. Um, so uh, basically, it's intracellular zinc. Intracellular zinc is really the key. So generally speaking, zinc does not absorb into, into the cell. Um, and it needs a taxi or it needs a way to get in. So that's where famous hydroxychloroquine comes in and, and, and ivermectin, uh, which are both prescription, but then there are supplements like quercetin and EGCG, which also do the job, um, obviously at different you know strengths. But uh, he emphasized intracellular zinc. When the zinc gets inside the cell, which is where the virus uh, is, is to be found, it interferes with the virus's ability to replicate itself. Okay. So th- that's how he explained it to me. Obviously there's probably, you know, infinite more details to it, but essentially that is, it's as really just as simple as that. Okay. So he wanted people to uh, supplement with as a, as a, you know, as a mitigation uh, or as a prophylaxis uh Zinc, supplemental zinc, obviously taken together with uh, uh, supp- uh, with supplemental quercetin or EGCG, right? Um, or if you can, if you have, uh, you know, if you have access to uh, to prescriptive uh, ivermectin, 
and hydroxychloroquine, right? So if, if, a, if people were to take that combination of substances regularly, right, according to certain dosages, which he, you know, which he, which he left, I can, I can leave the information to, to where to, to where to find that on his website, Vladimir Zelenko, md.com, just straight. And then on top of the webpage, you'll see the links to Zelenko protocols. Okay. So it's all, it's all very organized there. Okay. Um, so, so what he really wanted people to know was that not only for COVID, but this particular protocol, uh, there seems to be evidence that it works against uh, all the other single strand RNA viruses. And if you, if you, if you, if you phrase it like that, a lot of people aren't familiar with that. But if you talk about that, the flu is one of the single strand RNA viruses and Marburg and, and dengue and, and other hemorrhagic fevers um, and West Nile. And if, if, if people were, were just to Google uh, the single strand RNA uh, virus category, they would see that most of the viruses that affect mankind, that plague mankind, like, like RSV and the flu, right, um, are all single strand RNA viruses. So my brother really, really wanted people to, 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 to let this sink in. And this is really what he wanted every human on earth to know is that uh, most of the viruses that caused the, the death and the misery to mankind could, could, could be dealt with uh, most likely with this, uh, with this combination of substances, which um, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, ubiquitously available, uh, both the supplemental and even the prescriptive, uh, you know, uh, parts of this of this protocol. So uh, that's really what he what he wanted people to know. I can't imagine a more important piece of information than that. Um, if you think about it, if you think about how you know how viruses have affected mankind worldwide. So. Uh, Frank, uh, you know the newest thing you have to use the uh, uh, possibility of birth flu uh, because again I, I don't know why, but um, I don't try to get into the minds of these individuals, but. Bill Gates uh, also tried to uh, do advanced studies on the bird flu and unfortunately got into the minks. And we know that uh, some of that uh, has been, uh, uh, for the better term, played with um, in the labs. Um, as far as trying to possibly use a protocol to fight bird flu, which is deadly. And uh, I, I think um, from... But Ron Reset said on our show in uh, almost uh, uh, almost eighty uh, percent of the cases. Um, I'm sure Ron will uh, let me know if I was wrong based on his information. But uh, with the protocol uh, with the zinc and quercetin, would that at least also work against bird flu possibilities? Yeah, it's 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 very likely. Um, certainly. Uh, have some level of mit of of mitigating effect, um, but uh, my brother really wanted qualified people to 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 do research into this and to to really explore, because even before he passed, there are already uh, serious studies that were published ab about this particular combination of of medications, right? Zinc taken together with a, a zinc ionophore. Right, like quercetin, like EGCG, like uh, hydroxychloroquine, and like ivermectin. Those are zinc ionophores. Um, and also, by the way, you know, he, he did emphasize uh, vitamin D taken with that combination too. That, uh, 
And uh, so there have already been studies published showing its effectiveness against the flu, against RSV, like those two alone. So the bird flu, obviously, you know, is a subcategory of the of the flu. Uh, I th- I think it's you know it's it's definitely um, a, a safe bet, um, and you know best the the best case scenario it's effective at mitigating uh, the effects of the bird flu, um, and worst case it you know it doesn't do anything. It's just zinc, it's supplemental zinc, <laughs> and quercetin and EGCG. You know EGCG it's a supplement that you can buy at any. Uh, a vitamin store, quercetin too, um, and they're 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 essentially harmless. Okay, so there's nothing to lose and everything to gain uh, from from this approach. So, so there's very little risk. My brother always spoke about risk to reward ratio, um, and uh, I don't know how much better you can get than this. Even if you use the prescription forms of the zinc ionophores like hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine has killed less people than tylenol ivermectin has killed less people than tylenol so so there there isn't there aren't many drawbacks to to taking a prophylactic protocol which has already shown to be so effective against many single strand rna viruses and by the way ron reese wanted me to, to speak about self amplifying rna I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, I asked him to send me a link, and you know, he's, these guys so, are. I, I know Ron. These guys are serious eggheads, and I'm not. I'm not on that level, you know. So, so no, I know Ron. Ron is traveling today too, so yeah. uh, he's. Uh, he, uh, it's funny because you know, a lot of folks are going to be like, "Who is Ron Reese?" Ron Reese is a, a yeah. former Intel guy who's uh, been a member of the. Neary Center for Strategic Engagement helping us out. And um, it was actually Ron when I brought your brother on the show on uh, January 3rd of 2021. And for folks, if they want to watch that interview, they could go to my Rumble channel for the Neary Center and uh, watch it. It's, uh, uh, you know, I, I became a uh, doctor in a short period of time. I had to spend a week of just study to make sure that I did not uh, goof up uh, this interview. And uh, imagine you're coming off of the new year. You don't want to start with a bad interview. But, um, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Barrick, uh, that's when he had found out uh, where Ron Reese had done the research. We, we let you brought know that it was Dr. Barrick who had initially looked at zinc. And he was shocked because one of the studies that he had looked at that led to his, uh, uh, you know, a protocol was really a study that was uh, uh, run by Dr. Barrick. Correct. It just that your brother basically did the human trials on it uh, yeah. where Barrick had stopped. And uh, that's where I think your brother really uh, was unhappy about the fact that, well, why didn't they just do this study? And why didn't they go forward? I mean, some of the questions he was asking me on that day. And I, I do want, that. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I mean, it's, I think it's clear. So, so, so Ron Reese uh, informed my brother that, uh, that the, that the, the protocol that my brother had stumbled upon, he didn't know that Barrick did this work. He stumbled upon the protocol. He informed him that, that Barrick, the devil, did it 10 years prior and, and, and found evidence, you know, that should have, like you said, led to human uh, to human studies, and uh, did not pursue it. Uh, Ron Ron Reese uh, he was using a uh, uh, Persian shallots, which 
have a uh, it's also it's it's a it's a zinc ionophore. It helps transport zinc into the into the cell, right? Uh, so he knew about it. Um, well, how, why would he do that if he's the one who also gave us remdesivir? How could he sell us remdesivir if simple zinc and a zinc ionophore would deal with the issue, right? Well, remdesivir has uh, more money uh, associated in your pockets than and, zinc does, so and much more death as well. So. It's unfortunate, but uh, I do want to, as uh, we come close to the ending this segment, I do want to come back and, uh, you know, I remember your your brother really, when he looked at, uh, um, at that time, what COVID was, um, he really looked at it as uh, a, uh, as he called it, a manufactured uh, weapon of mass destruction yeah. uh, and, and, the, uh, and the chemical gain of functions. Experiments that were conducted, of course, by Dr. Barrick, as we talked about, in conjunction with Dr. Fauci of the NIH funding and also Chinese labs. And uh, his main questions that I want to address when we come back a little bit more is that what did uh, Fauci and the U.S. systems know and when did they know it? Uh, what hand did Dr. Barrick have in the development of the COVID-19 as well as uh, suppressing, as you know, we say and we talked about right now, the effectiveness and accessibility of the treatments for it. And uh, why has only, at that time, only Senator Johnson uh, reacted uh, or reached out to Dr. Zelenko for those answers? And why did uh, only President Trump uh, administration work on it? But at the same time, why did the administration of President Trump cancel um, his order to distribute that life-saving uh, medication to every American. But we'll talk about that once we take a break on the back end of our last segment. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Copix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement 
and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back to the National Security Hour, the American Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. And um, I'm uh, in our last segment of our discussion with Frank Zelenko on Dr. Zelenko's protocol, his brother's legacy. Um, I do want to uh, make sure our listeners um, uh, be sure to make uh, AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the uh, latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. You can also find out more about my show, especially this show, and uh, get all of the uh, latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at americaoutloud.com under our show and our schedule, you will be in the know. Uh, Frank, uh, I kind of laid out a lot of questions and uh, the topics at that time that uh, Dr. Zelenko had asked, and I don't think any of those questions still have been really answered. Um, it Has anybody from the U.S. Congress reached out to you um, and uh, asked you and other individuals on the team uh, some relevant questions that probably would lead to uh, future decisions, maybe possibly uh, within the uh, uh, aisles of Congress that might uh, at least bring some closure to some of the issues that uh, we dealt with uh, between 2020 and even now? Uh, to my knowledge, I mean, no one reached out to me, but I, I, I don't have any specific knowledge about uh, that, but I, I would imagine, like you didn't mention Ron Johnson. I know he was a proponent of my brother's protocol, and he spoke about it often, and uh, and in public. And there were uh, my brother's colleagues who had adopted his protocol, um, who uh, are I can't imagine you know that they're not in touch with 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 members of Congress, um, but I do imagine that there is a lot of pushback from most of Congress uh, just for the fact that this this protocol is suppressed still is suppressed um you know it's it's uh 2024 it's approaching 2024 it's almost four years since covid um and i would say that you know at this point the entire earth should have heard about my my brother or at least heard about his protocol you know um and we know that even most americans still haven't heard about it so there's obvious there's an obvious Con, you know, whatever you want to call it, conspiracy or an effort to suppress this information. Um, and that's clear, you know, and that's my, that's my concern because they're going to do it again. They're going to, they're going to release something else, something possibly another single strand RNA virus. I mean, we've already heard Marburg. We've already heard about hemorrhagic fever, single strand RNA viruses that are, that have been, there have been outbreaks in various places um, you know, we're hearing about white lung, you know, which partly is caused by, by viral infections. Um, and you mentioned the bird flu and who knows what else, uh, there's a, there's a new strand of COVID that they're talking about in China. 
this is an ongoing issue. Uh, and and I, I hope that those who came in contact with my brother's protocol, especially the patients, the tens of thousands whom he saved, you know, all of all of all of you guys have to become like Paul Revere's for your for your sphere of influence because um, I, I don't see this information uh, even you can't even call it mainstream. It's it's been that suppressed. I, I'm 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 still shocked. You know, I, I've tried to to voice as much as possible. Uh, I was kicked off of Twitter. I had a little bit of success on Twitter. Uh, I got maybe you know seven million people to put their eyeballs on my brother's two minute video where he discusses uh, his protocol and how we can treat SSRNA viruses. And then they just, they kick me off and they won't let me back on. <laughs> so even now on their uh, Elon Musk, you still have, no, no, this is after back. Elon Musk had taken over. Wow. I, I'm, I have nothing good to say about Elon Musk. So as they say, you have nothing good to say. Don't, you know, don't say anything <laughs> at all. Well, I, I mean, it just maybe there's a, there's a need to reach out to the boss. Sometimes it seems like the individuals that I working, did plenty uh, of appeals. <laughs> yeah, the ones underneath don't do the work. Look, uh, I don't put all, any of my programs anymore on YouTube. The the two programs that really blocked me off YouTube were the ones that were tied to you, you know, your brother's interview. And anything that followed on that discussed it. So, you know, I, I, I have a channel on YouTube, but I don't put anything on it anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's why I go to Rumble and we try to get it out there. Look, even yesterday, we just had a um, interview and uh, Al Johnson ran the interview for me, uh, the guest host for my show on New Paradigms were uh, Michael Gallen and uh, Masako Gana. And Masako stated in that interview that even in Japan, Right now, they're still trying to vaccinate uh, babies. And uh, even Michael was shocked that uh, we were in 2023, uh, uh, about to get to 2024. And yeah. that mentality is still there when it comes to governmental systems. And uh, um, I have many friends that I've had who have experienced negative issues uh, when it came down to the vaccine mandates. Uh, look, um, my mother was uh, older. Um, you know, we left it up to her to make the decision if she wanted to get vaccinated. She did. I actually drove her to the location for her to get her vaccines. And the second shot that re she received, she ended up falling uh, on her back uh, at home, cracking it. Um, now, part of it was we found out that she got dizzy. She couldn't hold on to her. Uh, she couldn't... Uh, uh, stabilize her uh, blood pressure. So you're talking about uh, the only home that we had uh, known when I was in America. Uh, almost every one of our relatives who immigrated here went through that house. Um, I mean, we're talking about 30, 40 people that processed through it uh, before they established themselves in the country. And uh, we ended up selling the home uh, and moved her in with my uh, sister. Now, if that woman had died that day, nobody would have said it was because of the vaccine that caused the problems that uh, got her to a position. She passed away. It would have been like, well, an old woman just fell, hit her back and head and passed away. But the effects that it has on what your entire life is, where you have a woman who wants to stay in her home, live out her life, now has to sell the only home she's known 
uh, and go live with her uh, daughter, uh, it's difficult. Uh, those are the life-changing effects that these decisions have, which I don't think that the uh, folks that are pushing these mandates and protocols uh, have thought through. But uh, it's a reality of what we have to deal with. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to approach it. I do know that when your brother was talking to me in uh, uh, 2021, you know, he uh, he really uh, spoke about uh, how he brought his faith into the practice uh, when it came to his uh, dedication to developing and disseminating the information to get the best outcomes for that COVID-19 treatment and, and how it was central to his discoveries. Um, and I'm not sure if some of the folks that are working out there are having that type of an approach when it comes to uh, other medical means and ways of treating COVID-19. I don't know. Uh, it's certain his faith was, was a central, uh, you know, motivator in his, in all of his uh, activities before, but certainly after COVID came and, 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 and struck us here in the United States. Um, and so, and I, I actually remember, you know, having a discussion with him once he, it was clear that his his treatment was working you know on the first several hundred of his own patients and you know and he and he already had was getting some pushback from certain you know unsavory people in new york state uh you know politically connected type people uh which was it was confusing to us initially well you know like it's sort of like look look there's success happening i i, I don't understand why there's already, you know, some kind of like pushback and some some strange things were going on. So it was a little startling, but in, we had the conversation and he's like, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, what do we do? Like, we have to, we have to let people know. And I said, we have to, not only we have to, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what kind of pushback we get because, you know, who are we scared of here? <laughs> some, you know, some puny little New York politicians or god do you understand like like what's you know listen you know i mean like you know god is the boss of bosses you know like and he gave you something and you better let everybody know he gave it to you to, to give you know to give to everybody else to share it and you know he understood that without me saying it but i think you know it's it's scary you know we're, we're human beings but uh you know it was god god it was you know it was his fear uh his his, his love and his fear for god and um and his his all for God that that ultimately motivated him in all of his in and everything he did. So, no, like it motivated him, and I think that's what really attracted other people to him, uh, who who have that vision and that viewpoint. Uh, unfortunately, others are more blinded when it comes to dollars and uh, uh, other approaches. Uh, it's a reality. Let me ask you a, a question, Frank. And I've always been curious, and I ask everybody. Um, um, specifically about this issue. Look, I know that the state of Israel is a socialist state, you know, and it has a different approach on issues when it comes to multi-politics, medical. Why do you think they made the decision to push the vaccine against everybody in the state of Israel. And I know the ones who actually bucked against it really uh, were on the uh, receiving end of uh, a lot of harassment. 
I, I was shocked. I was surprised that uh, the leadership in the state of Israel would have made that decision. Was was there any give and take discussions with your brother, with anyone in the state of Israel on on this yeah, issue, or did, what 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 were the discussions, and how, why is it that uh, it's so shocking for most of us that uh, majority of people in Israel uh, have been given the vaccine? Okay, so uh, this is you know I have like a little podcast where I discuss this issue. You know, for the last couple of years, we'll try to like make sense out of it. So it to boil it down, um the the Israel has no actual leadership. Just like here in the United States and in Western Europe and other places too, we don't have representative leadership. There's a class, you know, there's all sorts of names for them, the globalists, the this, the that, the you know, uh, but there's a separate uh, class of people. Uh, it's, it's an international class of people, right? The, call it the political class. Give it whatever name you want, okay? Um, you know, uh, let, you know, people like the World Economic Forum. Uh, this is who runs uh, Western governments. Um, Israel, you know, is a, is a, is modeled after Western civilization. So I count, you know, I include Israel in that. Um, so there's no longer any kind of representative government. So Israel, the Jewish people in Israel don't have any leadership. They have the people who who are pretending to be the leaders are just the liaisons, the local Israeli branch of the World Economic Forum. You could even find, you know, some of the main politicians on the World Economic Forum uh, website, okay? Um, it's the same thing here in the United States. We don't have representative government. So, so the people of Israel were uh, abused and turned into lab rats by uh, by a foreign entity, a quizzling government, uh, just like we have here and just like they have in France and in England and every other Western nation. Uh, that, that's, that's really, you know, about as much as I can boil it down. It's much more nefarious than that in reality. You know, this, this, this globalist kind of like elite or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, I, 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 you know, in my, in my view, this is just my speculation based on uh, reading their books and listening to their speeches. That, you know, it's essentially this globalist elite. There, I like to call them Gnostic fruitcakes, because ultimately, they do have a spiritual motivation, and it is Gnostic, and it is very, very old, right? And it's a combination of all these Gnostic orders that have been around for a long time, um, and but. If you want to boil it down even more, um, and it's a perfect time to, because right now is a holiday of Hanukkah. What people think, people think Hanukkah was a specifically Jewish religious holiday, but it's really, in reality, uh, it's a universal holiday. Because the Maccabees in Israel, they were fighting off the globalist elite of their time. They, it was really a civil war because they were mostly fighting other Jews who had adopted the Hellenized Greek, um, you know, essentially the teachings of Plato, right? Like Alexander the Great was spreading a Platonic empire. He was trying to establish a, an empire based on the teachings of Plato with the three classes, the king-priest class, uh, you know, the military class to, to enforce the will of the king-priest class, and then the producers, 
right? It's and, and communism is just you know it's 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 a variation on Plato's Republic, and what they're planning for the world now is just a variation of Plato's Republic. Uh, Plato claims to have gotten it his ideas for this republic from from Egyptian wisdom that came before, and this is according to Plato, which which they which he felt that the Egyptians felt that they got from the uh, what do they call it uh, the what was that lost civilization the um, Atlantis right that's actually what they claim so so this kind of conflict within man has been going on since antiquity. Uh, and, and and it's continued to this day. And this is the last iteration of it. Um, and so that, that's, again, that's just my, my humble opinion. Uh, I think ultimately it, it'll be determined that, that the, the people and their motivations who caused this um, were ultimately trying to establish th- that, that kind of uh, Republic on earth. Um, that's about as boiled down as I can get. And, and the government of Israel is not the government of Israel at all. It's just, you know, it's just an extension of the World Economic Forum at this point. And the Jews don't have any leadership mm. at all. Neither do we here in America. Yeah. The best prime minister that Israel ever had was Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I may get him back again in, uh, in uh, 2024, only, but we'll see. Only if God has mercy on us. So. Well, look, uh, Frank, it's a pleasure. I would like to ask more questions and get into more details uh, uh, on issues. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we're coming to the end of the show and I will bring you I would love to have you come back again and we can Anytime. have more of a discussion. But um, I do want to uh, thank you for coming here, talking about your brother's legacy, you know, uh, his blessed memory. Uh, I do want to remind our viewers out there, or I should say our listeners out there, that, again, um, uh, as much as you can, you know, just uh, keep in mind that American Outlaw Talk Radio plays on iHeartRadio Network, uh, and you can listen on our media player uh, from any web browser anywhere in the world. Uh, So I want to thank you also all um, for joining us on this mission, the National Security Hour is the tip of the spear and the epic battle to defend the United States of America. 